what happens when a black guy, a white dude, and an Hispanic man happen to be pro wrestling marks? You get debates, roasting, and fun in Cheat Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, a marks of all ages, back to a special bonus. That's right, we said bonus edition of Breaking Ring Rust. As always, I am your host, Rocky Mr. Magic, along with my co-host, JT. Say what's up, JT? Yes, welcome back, everyone. And this is a special bonus edition, and we're going to do something different this week. Uh, this afternoon, I said, hey, we missed a couple weeks. Let's give everyone a bonus episode. And uh, since it's a bonus episode and we're we're not uh, doing the regular format, so we'll be recording that in a couple of days. So let's do something different. So we're actually going to cover a specific topic today. Do it for the people, something different. We're yeah. going to cover a specific topic, and then we're going to watch the main event of that topic and, and kind of comment on that. Uh, so we're going to try something a little bit different. Uh, just since this is a bonus episode, we're not going to do kind of the usual uh, a ranting and rambling, um, although I'm sure there will probably be a fair amount of that as well. Yeah, what's wrestling without the playful banter? So this episode is going to be on Survivor Series 1998. Yeah. That's Again, right. we want to cover something specific. We're looking at, hey, it's the month of November. What's big anniversaries? Um, we decided we wanted to cover something in the 90s. And so um, Survivor Series uh, 98 uh, was what we decided on being the 20th anniversary. Um, if you like this um, and we do another bonus episode, uh, this month, I'd like to do Survivor Series 93, too, because that was another fun one. Well, we might just have to pull a poll up for that. Yeah. And for those who have been polling faithfully, we want to thank you so much, those in the Jig Nation community, those in the <clears throat> Nation of African-American wrestlers community, and those especially also in Turnbuckles, Tights, and Theology. We thank you for polling when we post polls. And we haven't forgotten about the Bell Poll. We have not forgotten about that. We are waiting for El Rey to return so we can have that big belt debate and give you that, uh, give you what you've been waiting for. So, And the poll is still up, so you still have time to vote. If you want to change your vote from whatever your initial vote was. Yeah. Well, um, they, in the official poll, they get five votes, so. Yeah, but. So. No one's voting for your belts anyway. I mean, I mean, you know, not like in, 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 in Matt's, you know, tag team polls where you get 10 votes, you know. Heads the top 10 list. So you get 10 choices that you can, you got up to 10 you can pick because it's a top 10 list. We're not doing top 10 belts. We're just doing belts mm-hmm. and what people's favorites are. Mm-hmm. Now we did a top ten bell list. That would be, actually the list you threw out there was so extensive, it could 
have enough for top uh, may, may, may I remind you we went over what should be on that list and I didn't even include everything that we you threw so many belts on there but you threw belts in there we didn't even talk about no we said we would cover WCW, JCP WWE New Japan and ECW Yes, and there were things I left off that list. You threw inversions that, like, I don't, I hadn't even heard of. And there were things that I, I left off the list that, like, Ray and other people were going back and adding to. The people added like one or two other belts. I don't even think I put the million dollar belt on there. Well, it, w- it wasn't an official championship, as dope as the belt was. Still, actually, still, actually, might be my favorite belt. I love that belt. It's so just ostentatiously beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me of one of my all-time favorite Heenan lines: that if Virgil won the title, he'd have it bronzed. Ah, uh, Bobby the Brain. He was amazing. All right, so we're going to jump into here. So we've got some some sources. Uh, we're just going to base it on the, the discussion off of here. And we're going to throw in some commentary on JT with his personal, not personal, but uh, his version of Dave Meltzer for some of the more opinion part of how this card goes down. So Survivor Series 98, which was subtitled Deadly Game, was the 12th Survivor Series. It's a deadly game. And it took place November 15th, 1998 in St. Louis, Missouri at the Keel Center. During this time frame, if you were not there for the Attitude Era, the big thing going on still was the Austin McMahon uh, feud. Because in March, Austin had won the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 14 from my man, Shawn Michaels. Uh, if you people you recall, also there was some feuds with uh, Mick Foley, aka Dude Love, uh, Undertaker, Kane involvement as well during the King of the Ring in June, and pretty much led to the culminating to where the main event uh, was going to feature Rock and. Uh, mankind for the title as McMahon's sole purpose in life is to keep Austin away from being the WWF champion. A lot of really big time Austin McMahon stuff happened um, leading up to Survivor and, Series. And a uh, lot of convoluted things too. Well, the Attitude Era had a lot of convoluted things as, as great as it was. Because was, what led up to this was we did have Austin, we had Austin win the title. Lose yes. the title to Kane, regain it the next night. Next day, one, the one day reign. Right. Hold the title up until he lost it to both Kane and The Undertaker, leading to the title being declared vacant. Right. Because of a double pin. Double pin. Then Austin having to be the referee for the match between Kane and Undertaker to decide the champion. Correct. Austin attacked uh, them both. Attacking both guys and counting them both down. Yes, that was during Judgment Day. To, um, uh, and well, and then you had, um, uh, 
McMahon declaring that now there would be a tournament, a 14-man tournament, similar to WrestleMania 4, uh, to decide this. And since Kane and Undertaker had, uh, had been the previous, um, de facto champions, they would get a bye through the first round and face each other, just like Hogan and Andre had. Correct. So, yeah, and uh, also a storyline here, Steve Austin is fired from the WWF during this point, uh, where he, in revenge, decided to kidnap Vince McMahon and hold him hostage, um, brought him into the ring, and, and, and held and, a and, gun to Vince's head. And in one of my all-time favorite uh, moments uh, as a fan, uh, made Vince pee himself. Yes, Vince McMahon kayfabed, urinated himself um, after Austin pulled the trigger on the gun. Now, where, are you sure it was kayfabe because Vince does drink an awful lot of coffee? <laughs> well, I, I, I hear it's kayfabe. Um, I believe Bruce Pritchard confirmed how they did it. Um, I Vince does a whole lot to really sell. I don't think Vince was going to sell that much. He does. He does have his pride after all. Um, but Austin pulled the gun. Sign came out and said bang 316 on it. Um, obviously, uh, you know, McMahon does a great job with the fake crying. You know, there's a kayfabe urine. Um, you know, if you're an Austin fan, you know, you, you popped huge uh, for this moment. And then we had uh, Shane McMahon, who at the time was the worst broadcaster in the world. Um, yes, if you've never heard Shane McMahon, he did some commentary on Sunday Night Heat. Um, and I love Shane. I'm a big Shane fan, but Shane should never do commentary ever. Yeah, Shane's Just, biggest contribution was saying, booyah. <laughs> Which was hilarious, and, uh, and, but horrible at the same time. And, and he had Jim Cornette who, uh, with him who was really trying, you could tell, to, to like he was trying, make but, it work. With Shane, but even, even if Shane sounded good, just I don't think him and Corny would have been a good mix to begin with. It, it just didn't. Well, no, I mean, I think if, if you here's the thing, like I think if you had someone who could have made it work it was Cornette because Cornette actually liked Shane, and Cornette's a guy who gets the business and can and, and, and is a trainer. Like he can work with people, but I, I don't think Shane had it to begin with. You know. No, and, but the thought process was, hey, he's a McMahon, he's a good-looking kid, his, you know, his right. daddy had the chops to be an announcer, maybe right. he does too. Oh, wait, his daddy had the chops to be an announcer? I'm sorry, Did, uh, let me get you a subscription to the WWE Network so you can listen to some of his dad's announcing of, oh, I, I, oh he got I, him, it, he got him, oh, no, no, he didn't, oh, oh, what happened? It, that's, that's, that's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane. Uh, Vince's announcement wasn't the best. However, it was iconic. A lot of people enjoy Vince's announcer. It, 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 it's iconic, but there's plenty of things that are iconic that are crap. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, there's plenty of movies that are iconic, but they're iconic because they're bad. Yeah. But you know, I a, mean, a lot here, of people enjoyed Vince's announcing. I, I here, there were times where I thought he was good, and there were times where I was like, he's just yelling at me. WWE, WWF, WWF never 
in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions, never had really good play-by-play guys until Ross. I mean, Lord Alfred Hayes was not good. Um, Gorilla, well, everybody says he and Bobby were a great team together. Gorilla was not really that good of a play-by-play guy. I mean, honestly, if you listen to him, I mean, he could say, you know, he could say fancy words and things like that. But as far as actually calling a match, Gorilla was not that good. When you compare him to, you know, a Lance Russell, a Gordon Soley, a Jim Ross, a Tony Schiavone, a Bob Cottle, you know, even a Michael Cole, he doesn't measure up. I mean, he... And and I and I and I can't even you know. And Freeman's going. Did you just say Michael Cole? If if you don't think Michael Cole's good, go back and listen to him during the first UK tournament when Michael he didn't Cole. have Vince in his ear. He he was like. I'm not saying Michael Cole's bad. I, I definitely don't think he's he's bad anyway. Michael Cole just I, I don't know. I catch Michael Cole making too many mistakes. No, go back and listen. When you catch him making mistakes, and what I think a lot of people catch mistakes is when he's got 20 people in his ear. Go listen to him during the UK tournament when it's basically just him. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, you know, uh, like Tony Schiavone on steroids. You know. Okay. Okay. He was, it, it was like, I mean, it, it, you know, I remember being impressed myself and then getting on the internet and reading people going, you know, going, wait, was that really Michael Cole? You know, did they clone him or just put somebody, his skin on somebody else or what, you know, right? because it was so different. And it's like, okay, that's what happens when, you know, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think for, for that matter, uh, you know, uh, I think Corey Graves much better at doing the play-by-play than is Gorilla. Um, I'm not a fan of Corey Graves, but don't 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 you dare besmirch the good doggone name of Corey Graves. I'm I'm not I'm not a big Corey Graves. I'm, nah. Listen, just because he he picks on your boy Byron Saxton, don't. Don't don't be a hater. Byron's not even my boy. Byron's just there. I'm just glad Byron got a job, you know, because he he couldn't hack it in the ring. Uh, well, Byron had the most ridiculous finishing move of all time. Is all I know. It was yeah. I forget. It was so bad. I blocked it on my memory. It was, it was terrible. I, I'm I'm just just because you said that. I'm gonna wait till you last at least expect it. I'm gonna send you a video <laughs> of it. Now I'm, not, I'm now, now I'm just gonna ignore every video you send. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure they get, they get screened. Mm-hmm. All right. So <clears throat> also during this time frame, obviously Austin McMahon being the big uh, storyline. We also had some smaller storylines here. Um, bro, bro, everybody had a storyline. Story. Everyone has to have a story, bro. Bro, if they're bro. on the roster, they have, they have, a, story, have a story, bro. 
I got you, bro. bro you have bro, to have a story. That's bro. because I was running things, bro, bro. This was the apex of my writing career. I wasn't a booker, bro. I was a writer. Okay. And this was the apex. This was me making the WWF great. I made the WWF great again. Well, Russo, in making the WWF great, well, this is when you had Stephen Regal as the man's man. See, this is why I supported Trump. That and because women shouldn't have jobs. Yeah, you didn't do well with women's jobs here. So, um, also... Actually, I take that back. If they're showing their boobies, they should have jobs. Otherwise, they shouldn't have jobs. They have more important jobs to do, like staying home and having babies. That's why I wouldn't support Hillary. That's why you were pushing for Sable here and her storyline with her uh, ex-husband, Marvelous Mark Merrill, and also having a, uh, well, Merrill bringing Jacqueline on to be uh, his valet. And they had a bikini contest that, you know, Sable won um, by popularity. And Sable... But then we swerved them, bro. It was a swerve. It was a swerve. Because then the next night on Raw, we changed the decision. I had Vince come out. Vince came out and changed the decision, bro. It was a swerve. Well, then you had an arm wrestling contest, which no one in their right mind believed Sable had a chance of winning. Uh, beautiful smashing over the head uh, with the bikini contest trophy by Jackie on Sable. And you also had uh, Sable cutting out uh, some of Sable, I'm sorry, Jackie cutting out some of Sable's weave and then wrapping into her own hair, which was just not only stupid, bro, um, but just, you know, all types of, uh, all types of racial overtones there, bro. Uh, so that was just, you know, bad bro, writing on your part. Bro, it was controversy. It made people watch, bro. And, bro, they had melons, bro. People wanted to see that, and they saw them, especially during the bikini contest. They definitely did see them during the bikini contest. Uh, also, we had the headbangers, uh, and then the Wage Outlaws had some uh, few leading up to this, involving the uh, the tag team titles. Uh, we also had some of the pretty much the official uh, dissolution of. The last strands of the nation of domination, which was just by this time, just the nation um, with D'Lo and Mark Henry were still tag teaming together, but no longer even calling themselves the nation. And they were involved over the European title scene. So that leads us into the first round of the event. Mm-hmm. And we have, oh, man. So we've got first round. You had. The first House round is going to be. No, first round sorry, no. is, is Mankind and versus. Mankind and, and uh, Dwayne Gill. It was a mystery opponent. Right. Which they hyped up for um, weeks leading up to it. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, I thought they were trying to make people think it was Michael's coming back. 
which Michaels was obviously hurt. I didn't believe that as much. Yeah. They, they, they tease HBK when they had him on screen talking and things. Right. Um, and they and, kept having him in the raw intro. Um, every time I would see Sean in the intro, I would be like, oh, maybe Sean's coming back. But right. What you did. And then, of course, they, you know, they have Vince come out and do this, you know, intro with the Stooges. And then, and I remember the hype. And then Dwayne Gill coming out. And if you're my age, you remember in the late eighties, early nineties, Dwayne Gill being a, you know, uh, a regular enhancement guy on WWE television. And famously one half of the, what were they, the, uh, what, what, no, they weren't turtles. They, no, the, uh, the toxic turtles. Something like that. Yes. And they, they were ninja um, knockoffs. Right. And and he had been under a hood a few times for other things too. And you know, he comes out and he had always had like the male pattern baldness with like longer hair. But now he's completely shaven and he's got the Van Dyke and he's got the you know, and he looks completely different and you know, mankind beats him. Easily with a roll up or small package, like you know, pretty simple. Yeah, very um, simple. Uh, knocked him, you know, fully knocks him yeah. to the mat, uh, rolls him up for a pin. It was, it was, yeah, I think it was yeah. a 45 second match. And, and this is during the time period where Foley is trying to become the corporate champion. And it's worth noting he's he's wrestling in a tux here, yes, and he had been awarded the. Previously, uh, had been awarded the Hardcore Championship um, by Vince McMahon. Um, so, for those who loved that Hardcore title scene, uh, Mick Foley was the initial champion handed to him. It looked like someone had taken the wing dingle, just smashed it with a sledgehammer, uh, and put some tape on it and gave it to Mick. But that was the inception of the Hardcore title, which is exactly what happened, actually. That's what they Well, I didn't know that. I bet it just, that's exactly what it looked like. They, Someone took they, the wig dingle and dared to defile it by smashing it with a sledgehammer. Yeah, there, there, there's two stories on that. Of course, there's that the wing eagle was originally broken up on TV. Um, and a lot of people thought for years that was the belt, but that actually went into the hands of a private collector. Um, because Mel Phillips, um, who was a ring announcer and in charge of the ring crew, and unfortunately, the Ring Boys um, had retrieved it, um, and then uh, they decided to do something similar, and then just you know take duct tape and write hardcore on it. And so, for years, uh, fans and wrestling insiders, and even people in WWF, thought the same thing. Um, but then uh, it was you know discovered that. Um, you know, uh, Rich Posner, who uh, worked backstage at WWF at the time and just, you know, taken one of the old winged eagles and smashed it up and taped it together. And that's what happened. Got a brand new championship. Right. So, Although it was not intended to be an actual championship, it just. Uh, it was supposed to be a one off. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should have also mentioned that there was a dark match, obviously, um, that was the tag team match between the Hardy Boys um, and Too Much. Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor prior to their Too Cool gimmick. Mm -hmm. Um, After 
Dwayne Gill versus me and Kami of the other first round match. And another thing worth noting too, which I, by the way, I always like the too much gimmick. Um, but that was the originally the, the team that uh, Vince wanted to have the gay wedding for. Right. Before Billy and Chuck. Yes. Right. And I, what I always liked and, and they got away from it, but there was a part where, there was a time period when uh, DOA was their bot, like their bodyguards, and they would ride on the back of DOA's motorcycles, and I always found that hilarious. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was. I always thought it was hilarious to see these two, you know, tiny, tiny like, little, me, tiny little boys, right, on the back of Brad and Don Harris or or Chain, like these big, huge biker guys, right. And it was what well, was just when it was skull and eight ball, and they were. You know, but they would ride on the back of their bikes, and I always thought it was funny. The Harris boys. Yeah, so now we get to... So now we get to uh, round two. We're still round one. Yeah. Second match, Al Snow versus Jeff Jarrett uh, with Deborah. Yeah. And, you know, this match was... Yeah, it's it, a, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't was, great. It, it was when they still didn't know what to do with Jarrett. Um, oh, they and, didn't know what to do with Al either. Well, uh, well, Al had just kind of gotten there or gotten back there rather. And yeah. Jared had been back for about a year now and he had just gotten his haircut. Yes. And he, but he had just gotten Deborah. So, but he hadn't gotten his push yet back with the Intercontinental title. Correct. Or with the tag titles. Um, I don't think he had started teaming with Owen yet. Had not started teaming with Owen. And he, uh, so he had, he's done with the country singer gimmick. He's done with the, the like pseudo racist gimmick from teaming with, uh, Southern Justice. And right. now he, now he's at the, uh, the, this is the silver shorts, the, the, like you said, the, the haircut, the, uh, silver sunglasses and the, uh, the don't right. piss me off. Right. Um, I don't shirt. think he had that yet. I think, I think he, he had that during this time, but he, he, he goes and, um, but yeah, this is a short match. Both drives try to hit each other with their gimmicks. Al hits yeah, a lot of high first head and gets the win. And, uh, you know, nothing to write home about. Um, you know, both guys are capable of more. Um, never been a big Jeff Jarrett fan since he left Memphis, basically. Um, you know, Jeff Jarrett to me, this is my thing with Jarrett. Okay. I watched Jarrett in, um, like Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, some world class stuff, um, AWA, um, over the years and remember the things he was doing back there. So I was, you know, his matches there at Embry and stuff like that and all these, his Memphis things and, mm-hmm. um, saw what he could do back then. And then his first run in WWF, I thought was really good. Um, his feud with razor. That was um, great. And, um, his match with Shawn Michaels, uh, that was his last match was great. Yes, it was, but it seemed like after that, he fell off a precipice and he was never the same again. And, like he went to WCW and it was like he lost something when he went there. They didn't know what to do with him either. And then he, well, I mean, you give him a chance, you put him in the horseman and he was like, 
and he didn't rise to that occasion. And then they, and then he leaves the horseman and they give him Deborah. Right. And, and he's just like, he's still just kind of there. And then he leaves and he goes back to WBF. And then he's got that stupid. Well, then they, they, he cuts that promo on Austin. Right. You know, he kind of, he kind of goes in the business for himself. Right. And you mentioned Deborah, which is crazy because she's got him during this time. Right. His manager, and he dissed the crap out of her during that promo too, calling her a you know blonde bimbo or something to that nature. Right. Um, well, he goes to me if he has that stupid outfit when he first came back, if you remember, with all with, the, with the strings, right? Yep. The strings, and he's got, and he's refusing to wrestle at first, and then he, and then he comes in and he wrestles Undertaker or whatever, and then he uh, goes and. Um, you know, just kind of languishes for a while and he has a bunch of feuds that don't mean anything. Yeah. And then, you know, finally they put him in the, uh, he, 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 and then now he's just getting to this point here. When WCW brought him in and, you know, I mean, he, like he had this run, like once he got Deborah back in WWF, it was like they started to push him, but it was like they were pushing him because of her. Uh, I think they saw that there was potential there between the two of them, and it just, it just you know, made sense. So. Because before her, they weren't doing anything with him. Then she comes right. along, and he's the tag team champion. He's the intercontinental champion, everything up until he leaves. Well, according to, according to Pritchard, you know, he... Um, he was pushing to be pushed to bring her in. Um, and they, they thought it would, you know, it was, she would help add heat, you know, to him. And especially with him, you know, every time she went to expose the puppies, you know, he would cover them up and, you know, you know, get the crowd all upset because they weren't able to, to see her puppies. Um, and, and, and she did help him. I mean, I think Deborah was underrated as a manager for for that um, aspect because you know people the people she managed, whether it was Jarrett, um, a little bit you know managing her him and Owen, um, D'Lo as well. Uh, she was she was a great support for them, and Jeff was able to generate a lot of heat um, on the fans for keeping them from their salaciousness um, of her of her. Right. I'm just saying it wasn't, it's kind of the same thing I I, I see now with Almas that it wasn't until they got Zelina with him that they found a purpose for him. Well, she's also a a Mike. She's also the, you know, the the speaking point for him where Deborah wasn't talking for Jeff. Jeff, you know, Jeff was doing his own promo work, but yeah, I mean, she's, she definitely was a boost for him in his second run, no doubt about it. Uh, but this but, match, this match had some, you know, the, some hijinks here where, you know, Jarrett tries, um, Jarrett gets a head slip to him from Deborah while he's doing that. Um, and Deborah's distracting the ref. You've got Al Snow trying to grab the guitar. Al Snow swing while the ref is still distracted because, you know, Tim White for some reason is very distracted by Deborah without her showing the puppies. You've got Al Snow swinging the 
guitar at Jared. Jared ducks, hits him with head, tries to hide the head along with his hip um, while Tim White is getting rid of the guitar. Jared goes to hit Snow with the head again. Snow somehow um, in the corner, so gets the foot up, takes the head, bashes Jeff in the head with it. Tim White goes to count the pinfall. Somehow, as Tim White is counting the pinfall, the head is right there in clean view before he gets to the three count, but he doesn't stop the count. Or I wonder why the foreign object is in there. He continues to count three, and Al Snow advances in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So we've got two down in this uh, first round, and then we go to... Steve Austin versus the big boss man, Ray Trailer. And uh, this is uh, this match has kind of gotten infamous because of uh, apparently, um, you know, boss man uh, gave Austin a legit pretty stiff shot uh, during the match with the knife stick. No, with just a punch, uh, and Austin was just like, uh, you know, I hope you're ready for the payback on this one later, um, that they both had talked about in later years. Um, but at the same time, another short match ends in 318 with a DQ. Um, even though, you know, a boss man's supposed to beat Austin and stop him from going further, boss man gets himself disqualified. Um, Yes, which makes no, no sense whatsoever. 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 Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was a, a sewage mod finish. Um, yeah, and it was, uh, just, it was just bad. Like, I, you know, the boss man obviously at this time being you know one of Vince's henchmen there to do his dirty work, um, but it it just did not. Did not go well. These are two guys who he would have thought would also be able to put on a much better match. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of really, a lot of good heel tactics from Boffman um, in this match. You know, chokes and you know, uh, nightstick strikes, things of that nature. Um, but you know, again, to you know, DQ win, um, which. Pretty much didn't matter. Um, I do like the psychology of this match and the fact that Bossman wasn't going out there to try to win, to become champion. He was going out there to put a hurting on Austin. Um, so in that, I, I did like it because, you know, the whole point was just to hurt, put a hurting on him and slow him down. No one would have thought that Bossman would go over on Austin anyway. Um, and it's like, okay, well, what do we need to do? You know, I don't want the title on him. I need to beat him up. I need to make him, uh, you know, I need to make him hurt. So, yeah, so nothing great there. Um, although the, those two did have some pretty good matches and house shows uh, later on. Oh, yeah, they, they were capable of it. But this match wasn't supposed to be, you know, some great test of technical uh, prowess. This was supposed to be a, a brawl. This was supposed to be a fight. This was supposed to be 
boss man go out there and put a hurting on him. And, of course, uh, given some of the other things, when they say it would have been nice to get more than three minutes for this match. Well, this match went... Uh, three minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Yeah. yeah. I, was saying, I, was, I, was, I thought it was around like four, four and a half, but yeah. It would have been nice to get more of this match, but we also have a lot of matches to do on this card. Right, um, but the next still, match got over eight minutes. Yeah, the... Right. The I'd next match is Regal versus uh versus X Pac. Right. Which was uh not an exciting match, uh and ends in a double count out. Correct. A bye. Yes. And to, to the semifinals. Right. And it ends in a draw when, or double count out when uh Regal does the butterfly suplex from the top and they roll out of the ring. And X-Pac has apparently hurt his neck. And the match itself wasn't great. Um, and then McMahon comes out and says, no, there can't be a draw. Um, Austin can't get a bye. Restart the match. And X-Pac yeah, just... was supposed to come out and restart the match. Right. And then X-Pac just, just keeps holding his neck and walks to the back. And then... Vince looks very confused and says, you mean Austin gets a bye? Um, and, um, you know, of course, this is when Regal's doing the real man's man gimmick, and he is badly out of shape um, and dealing with some demons, as yes, some say. substance um, and some health problems. Um, I think this is uh, and, uh, the, 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 whole, um, the whole tape worm thing from India or whatever that was also impacting his health. Or and he had uh and uh you know I, I really hated to see this all go down because I'm a huge uh Regal fan. Mm-hmm. Um have been since I first saw him and uh so I wanted to see something more come of this and he um de- seeing him you know, this not work out for him, especially when he was being treated in WCW. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I actually like the song. I think the song is great. Mm. I, I thought it was hilarious uh, back then. Like, He's a man. He's Such a man. A man. He's a real man's, man's man. man. I remember um, watching watching Raw, and obviously this is when, um, you know, I don't know if you heard uh, – they did this to the episode on Regal on something to wrestle with. I've heard and, part of it, not all of it. Well, they got to one of my favorite um, moments of the man's man gimmick where he has the match against Godfather during Godfather's IC uh, title run. I think it was during his title run, but it was against I Godfather. I have not gotten that part yet. And uh, you know, Godfather comes out and he offers um, the hose to, to Regal and Regal says, you know, I might be from England, but I'm not Elton John. I'll take the broads. Um, and so Regal leaves with broads. He's going up the ramp. And then Godfather says that England is uh, nothing but a place full of insert uh, slur. And uh, Regal has said, so they have a small brawl, but you know, it's a whole five seconds of nothing. And, you know, Godfather knocks him off the ring. 
and that's that. And then, of course, we find out that you know, Regal's physically just in terrible shape during this point, and no one really wanted to work with him because he was a danger to himself and to anyone really getting into the ring with him. Right. Uh, which was uh, which was sad because I I thought I didn't like the gimmick, but I thought it was just fun. I like you said the song is the song was hilarious, um, and you know he's uh you know we were both Regal fans, but this was X Pac because most people think of this match and they're envisioning uh, Regal as the way we come to love him in the WWF with the. Uh, you know, the nuts are just to hold the proper, the wave and everything. People forget this is flannel and, and jean shorts regal. Um, you know, so we had so a lot of missed time things because he was, he was off. Um, Sean was off in that match too. I think they botched a Bronco Buster. Um, there, there were so many things that could have. Can't imagine why Sean would be off. Yeah, he probably had popped a hundred somewhere himself. Um, both of them, unfortunately, were dealing with some major substance problems during that time frame. Um, but like you said, it resulted in that double DQ, which gave uh, Austin that bye to the finals, which was just another great point to the story where, you know, Vince is infuriated about Austin getting this bye, the slaughter unable to restart the match, but X-Pac was already gone because he was holding his neck and acting like he, you know, he was dazed and confused. Uh, that was acting. I, I don't know if that was acting either, but uh, we're going to, we're going to take it as. And it was K-fame. something you also don't normally see because usually in a tournament, it's only the heels who get a buy. Yes. Yeah. The face like never gets a buy, but one thing that was special about the Osprey man thing is there was always this back and forth between who's got the upper hand, who's getting the advantage. So um, then after that, that, go ahead. Yeah, so then that brings us to Shamrock and Goldust. Yes. And and in no surprise, Shamrock wins by tap out. That was, I mean, no one had any, I think, suspicions that that match was going to go anyway, but that. Well, going into it, Goldust wasn't being pushed hard. He was, he was jobbing a lot. I mean, he was he was working alongside Merrill, you know, for a while before, during before this time, um, in the, in part of the whole you know Sable and jealousy thing where he had Luna Vachon with him and he had been doing those, you know, formerly artists formerly known as Goldust, where he would be, you know, he was Dusty Rose Dust and he was Marilyn Manson Dust and. You know, just doing all types of. Well, he he had, he had not been taken seriously. Shamrock's being, you know, seriously pushed, and he had. Um, at, at the time, I believe he was still Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, he was still. Yeah, he was. He was IC Champion. champion. So. Yep. Yeah, and so uh, he he had just won King Ring. He was IC Champion. So uh, you know, it was. Um, the fact that the match lasted over five minutes is probably to me the most surprising thing. Probably. Um, however, it was probably because, you know, the best match of the first round um, with, uh, you know, Shamrock being able to do hit his, hit his stuff, hit that, um, hit his Horkin Rana, 
obviously got to the tap out with the ankle lock, um, which I always have to correct young people as much as I love angle. I remind people that Shamrock was using that ankle lock and it looked severe too um, long before Kurt Angle came on the scene. Although he was not the first person to use it in wrestling. No, but he, he yeah. was he was the first, you know, shoot guy to come in and really, really kind of get over with it. Uh, Although. And he looked crazy. He looked like he was going to snap your foot. Yeah. You know, in the, you know, the pressure, he was wrenching on it. And, you know, Angle standing up with it was just like, oh, there's, there's no pressure on it. Where I looked at Ken doing it, and I'm like, Ken looks like he's trying to break this dude's ankle. Well, I don't know. There were times Angle did it, especially when he'd throw the leg grapevine on. Yes, when he first started doing it, Angle looked like he was trying to do it. But then, yeah. he you know, he started standing up with it, and there was like, there's clearly no pressure on this guy's ankle. When he stands up with it, it doesn't look right. When he would either kneel with it, or especially when he would throw the leg grapevine on, then it yep. looked good. Then it looked good. When he stands up with it, it doesn't look right. Yeah, um, I didn't like and it. And it looks too easy to escape. But he, yeah. um, but... Uh, you know, the, uh, but the first person I saw in wrestling use it was, uh, was, um, actually, uh, Masa Saido. Okay. Yes. I, I know Saido used, I've, he was not the first one I've seen it, but he, he has, he does a nice ankle lock Saido does. Um, I think I saw him use that in like earlier mid nineties. Probably. Cool. Well, then the last match of the first round of this tournament, yes, we are still in the first round of this tournament, and we're one, two, three, four, five, six matches in on this card. It's The Rock versus what's supposed to be Triple H. Triple H does not come out, so the Stooges, Patterson, Briscoe, come out and present a last-minute replacement. Well, well, just give is, a little, wait, got to give the backstory there, because Triple H had injured his knee at yes, SummerSlam. He had the knee injury at SummerSlam, that is correct. Winning the Intercontinental title. Correct. And he, and uh, the, of course, Triple H was supposed to get a huge push, winning the Intercontinental title, can't do it because he injured his knee versus The Rock. Um, and so they, uh, WWE does a little, bait and switch false advertising here by hyping up this rematch for weeks on end, uh, knowing Triple H won't be knowing back. Knowing full well he's not going right, to be back. Right, there, And he's not going to be back for still another, months. like, yeah, I think it was eight weeks after this he comes back. Right. Um, and so. You see, during right. DX was left without their leader on, on camera for right. pretty much two and a half months. So he... So they so they bring him back, uh, or maybe it was four or five weeks after this he comes back. I know he, I know he didn't come back till after the rock bottom pay per view, but right. he he comes back. But no, he's not going to be there. Um, so he's got this this injury, and he's not going to be there. Um, but he had he had missed um, the previous pay per views because of the injury, and right. now he is. Um, and they had stripped him of the Intercontinental title for it. That's how Shamrock became champion. Correct. And now, uh, now we've done this big bait and switch. Uh, and then they announce, uh, basically that Triple H no showed the event. Um, right. Which, you know, then JR is going, oh, well, he's hurting. How, how can they say they, 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 they know he's hurting? 
how, how come, you know, that, that's just not right. That's not right. You know, who's coming out now to replace him? Oh, it's the big boss man. And, and boss man runs in, dives at rock, rock, small packages in one, two, three, one, two, three, four second match. Yeah. I think it's still the shortest match in WWE. Yes. It wasn't the shortest match in WWE history then. It wasn't? The shortest match in WWE history at that time, and to my knowledge, still the shortest match in WWE history, was a match in 1991 between the Mountie and Bret Hart. And the Mountie was up against the ropes, taunting the fans. Bret came up behind him, rolled him up, and the referee counted the pin right then. It was three seconds. Okay. I could have sworn this was the shortest one, but... It was, they may have said that at the time, but this, but in 91, it was like in all the magazines and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so that is the end of the first round. So now we have a break to have the WWF women's title, which is, uh, Jackie, Jacqueline with Marvelous Mark Merrow as the champion. Versus Sable, who is just black, <laughs> and um, and and the referee for this match is Shane McMahon, and, and this is something that we missed going over in the other story. Now, Austin got fired, but Shane McMahon signed him to a new contract, guaranteeing him a WF title shot, and which McMahon gave him by putting him in the Deadly Games tournament, and because of that. Vince demoted him. Uh, Vince demoted him from being a broadcaster to being a lowly referee, which is how Shane started out in WWF. Correct. Which and was so now, great for the story. And so now Shane is the referee in the women's title match. Yes. Which um, Jackie, uh, I don't know. I hated watching every Sable match because it was just so bad. Um, having to watch Jackie, you know, carry her through uh, matches was just painful. Uh, needs to say, this match wasn't very long. Um, you know, they had a story of strikes. Sable used a TKO. There's some, you know, interference from Mark Merrill pulling Sable away. Um, you know, letting Jackie get back in. Do some offense, talking here with the stupid weave that's entwined in Jackie's braid. Um, you know, Sable reverses some moves, he delivers the Sable bomb, covers her for the win and becoming the women's champion. And you also have uh, Mark Miro killing his own career uh, by letting Sable powerbomb him on the floor. Yeah, I, I, there's a and costing himself a main, costing himself a main event. Yeah, there's certain things I'd be like, oh, "Look, boss, I'm not doing. I'm not getting. If, I'm not getting power bombed by my wife. Um, this, no, especially when she's not a worker. Like, it'd be one thing if you know they were shooting with DX and I said China's going to power bomb you. Okay, China, China was like stronger than half the men's roster, maybe three quarters of it. Okay, cool, whatever. Um, if she was a safe worker and someone said, Nicole Bass is going to powerbomb you. Okay. That's believable. Um, Sable powerbombing a eight year old child is not believable, let alone her powerbombing Mark Merrill. And, and you know what the follow up to that was, right? 
the follow-up to what the, this meant? The disable power bombing Mark Marrow. You talking about the 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 match for her freedom, or whatever, where he laid down and then he rolled her up? No, no. Uh, what happened was uh, Marrow was booked for a match, and I believe L.A. against Austin in a main event. Austin saw Sable powerbomb Marrow and went to Vince and says, "Hey, you know that match we were gonna do with me and Marrow? Oh yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. What I are we doing that. instead? Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah." He said, I'm not working with that guy because he just got, you know, beat up by a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I was stupid. Um, so then we've got. And, and yeah, it was, and, and, and it was painful to watch. And I mean, um, and it didn't work because, and, and here's the thing I've, and, and you have, I've had this question work. Jackie wasn't used to a lot of women style wrestling because she, with men right and she was used to wrestling men and so and then and back then there was a women's style of wrestling and a men's style of wrestling nowadays there's not everybody wrestles the same way and so and, and sable was so much not a worker well i don't want to do this well what if i do this and i get hurt and i don't want to do this it might i might get bruised i might this i might that you know um, and was so uncooperative. Um, it just didn't work on any level, you know, no, it, except it to, it, except that they wanted to put Sable over and I've never understood I don't why. No, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't understand why when you have a roster of women who can work and you have women who, you know, when you look at Sable and Sonny in 1997, you have a woman with fake body parts who looks like a horse and doesn't like the business. Right. And then you have a woman who has smaller fake body parts, but looks like the all-American girl and absolutely loves the business and can talk and likes people, you know. Why you go, oh, that one who looks like Mr. Ed. And who and who nobody likes and doesn't like the business is going to stab you in the back the first chance you get. That's the one we're going to take. Right. You know, because I think if they had stuck with Sonny, she would probably still be there today. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Not be on a farewell tour. Right. Well, if she was on a farewell tour today and be with WWE. Oh, she's on a farewell tour. Uh, taking is it her last year taking independent bookings? And, well, no, I'm saying like, if she was on. Oh, line, if she was, yes. Right. She should. You know, it would be nice if you know Vince let her go on TV one last time. Uh, right. Apparently, I scrolled too, so I scrolled down too far on this list, so unfortunately, I skipped the entire uh, second. You know, the, yeah, I I wasn't uh, going to point that bad. out, but I was going to swing back up to it. So no worries, I, I'm, port, I'm, port, I'm big enough to to make up to you know to admit my mistakes. So I only scrolled down too far and skipped the second round. The quarter. Well, final. if you had to get any bigger to admit your mistakes, we'd have a problem. Yeah, well, you know, I just have to buy a bigger size. <laughs> you couldn't shirt. believe you left that door open, could you? Yeah, well, hey, I can roll with the punches. So in the quarterfinals, which Matt was going to skip, we had Kane Knowledge. and the Undertaker. We had Kane and the Undertaker. Yes, we did. In a match that was not great. 
none of the matches really on this card are great. Let's just keep it 100. That was, that was, well, but here's the thing. The matches weren't great, but the card itself was. The card looks like it's a dream match card. Like you've no, got. The, no, the, here's the thing. The card was greater than the sum of its parts. Cause I've watched this card probably 20 times, but it was, but this match, like we're talking, I guess it was last week about how there were some good big man matches and Kane and Undertaker had some of them. This was not one of their good matches. This was not one of them, no. But, uh, so slow plotting, slow plotting, slow plotting. Kane goes after Paul Bearer. He turns around and Undertaker tombstones him. The end. Right. And Bearer was also holding Kane's leg down, trying to, somehow that's supposed to keep him from getting his shoulder up. Um, but yeah, he couldn't kick out because Paul Bearer was holding his leg. Right. A lot of hijinks in, in these finishes. I mean, we've got double DQs. You know, we've got head and, and guitars. Yeah. We've got well, you think there's hijinks. Um, you, it, in the next match, you have Mankind and, and, Al Snow. and Al Snow. And with that, you have uh, Mr. Sacco being tied. And, and, and unknowns to Al Snow, it's been tied around head. Correct. So when Mankind finds this out, he flips out on Al Snow. And, and then that spurs him on to beat Al Snow with it's, the double arm DDT and, and the and mandible the claw. Right. And, and they, they had, in, you know, for context, uh, Snow and Mankind have been tagging. Um, up to this point. Not at that time they hadn't. Previously, yeah. They, they have been tagging. That was a year later. At this time, Mankind was doing the solo thing, and, and he was doing the, uh, the, the Vince's son thing. Snow was on his own. He teamed with Al Snow like a couple, like a year or so later, and then they and they won the tag titles. I thought they had formed. They had formed. I, I could have swore uh, they had a. Because yeah, mankind to, was. I'm about to go back. I'm going to go watch. Mankind was they, a heel at the time. I could have swore they had done done the. Could have swore they had done like an not like a like an ad hoc type team where. I can recall them doing um, vignettes where they were talking, like they had Snow and Head were talking to each other and stuff. And then um, Sokka went missing, and the and then Vince had put it on Head to like trigger Foley to get pissed off. Right. I I don't remember them being a tag team because Snow was a babyface and Mankind was a heel at the time. I don't think anybody knew what Snow really was at that time, but I'm, I mean, I'm, maybe maybe I have it wrong. Maybe I'll have to actually get the stupid network to go back and look. But I'm pretty sure that happened during this time. But I might be wrong. And um, then and then we have uh, Rock and Ken Shamrock. And even though every time, and this is uh, about the fourteen thousandth time they've met each other that year on pay per view. Yeah, but I always enjoyed it. Generally, always enjoyed it. This is this is actually they've met on all four of the of the anchor pay per views that year. Well, they, when something worked, they're like, okay, let's do this again. The, and and this is the I think the and so the Rock won the first two by disqualification, right? 
the even though he really got beat at them, he 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 got pinned at one and then convinced the referee that Shamrock cheated. Right, and then uh, they gave him the title back. And then he tapped out at WrestleMania, but Shamrock wouldn't break the ankle lock, so they reversed the decision. decision. Uh, Then he tapped out at King of the Ring, and so now he's finally going to get a pinfall over Shamrock. But only after he intercepts the nightstick from Big Boss Man and knocks Shamrock out with it. Right. Um, I remember they did a – it was a really good job on this match, especially the the corporate cheating between – uh, you know, boss man trying to, you know, help out Ken inverting himself in yet another match. This is, you know, the, the third match yet again here, um, involving big boss man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, more, more high drinks. Like we, we haven't, this tournament doesn't have a single clean finish, um, outside of, actually, no, I mean, technically it was, you know, Sako tied to the head, kind of a trick. I mean, there's not, there's not a single clean finish, um, you know, in, in this card, in this tournament specifically, everything, everything is, you know, a DQ, a schmaz, something going on in every single match. Well, you have your semifinals yes. set now, uh, between Mankind and Austin and Rock versus Taker. Um, so now along the card, which on Rock, paper sounds again, sounds like amazing. A, yeah. Yes. Um, so now, if you watch, if you watch the pay per view, now after Rock and Shamrock, which never should have happened, as you have the Sable uh, Jackie match, which as much as I love Jackie, uh, there's no way that a Sable match should be on the uh, top of any card. Yeah. Um, so then we've got semifinals: uh, Mankind versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this uh, was this was a fun match, um, and it was, uh, you know, it wasn't as good as their other matches from earlier in the year. Um, given obviously, given like tile limitations and stuff like that, and and a badly botched finish, but Austin tears off Mankind's tuxedo, and he's got the regular Mankind gimmick underneath it, and they. You know, basically have kind of a knockdown, drag out brawl. Um, Austin basically has him uh, pinned, and uh, then uh, there's no referee. He's going for the pin. Shane runs in to count three, uh, stops counting. Austin looks at him, and he flips Austin off. He gives him the double thing, which I. I have to admit, they got me. I did not, yeah. I did not see that coming. They did such a great job building Shane as a baby face. The sympathy, um, that was on, that was portal over Shane, him yeah. getting demoted, you know, because he had helped Austin there. Other the fans are like, yeah, Shane, Shane, you know, everyone's feeling for Shane. Oh, yeah. And he slides in there and he starts to do that count and, and when he stops and Austin looks up at him like what? And he chains on his knees and gives him the double finger. I'm like, wow. And then Austin yeah. just goes out. Like, it was and crazy. Then when he, uh, and also Shane's reaction because he, he gives him the little bird and then he immediately looked scared. He looked he, so shook. And then he's backing out of the ring and he's, 
he, you can tell he's trying to act tough, but he's scared and he's, his reactions were priceless. He, he yes. was great. Um, and then of course there's, it's a very fast botch because boss man's supposed to interfere in this match to give Foley the win. Right. Uh, he misses his cue. So Gerald Briscoe has to come in the ring, uh, and give Austin a chair shot. He's worried about legitimately hurting Austin who has a very bad neck. Yes. Um, him and gives him down. and gives him a love tap with the chair. Yeah, that was the uh, weakest chair shot ever. That Austin has to sell like he's been murdered <laughs> and gives Foley the win. At least, I mean, he had to sell that very weak chair shot after the, you know, after a very good match. Um, or that sell would have been really tough to, to, you know, to have any believability in. Um, but then you, yeah, so then Foley gets the pin, you know, by kind of by Shane. Uh, the, the corporation speeds off quickly, uh, jumping into a limo and being chased by Austin. Uh, right. because, you know, there's always some wrestler chasing in a car on foot and somehow we're supposed to believe that they're going to catch it. Right. And then we have, uh, so mankind's in the finals. I, I, you know, I remember going into it going, I think everybody knew Rock was going to win because if you had certain things, you knew what WWE's pay-per-views were going to be coming up and you knew the December one was going to be called Rock Bottom. And that kind of gave away that Rock was going to win the title. Right. But it was like, are they going to do Austin Rock, you know, at at Survivor Series, is Rock going to beat Austin? How are they going to get out of this? How's Austin going to, you know, is it going to be a DQ? Is it going to be, you know, what's going to happen, you know? Right. And so when that happened, I was stunned because there had been so much sympathy put on Shane. Shane had been the upstanding member of the Man family, and it it was a complete shock. But which, which and this really led to... The um, the adage now that it they're McMahon's like you, you can't trust the McMahon. Um, this is where they really solidified that because it's like now, and then and then when Trump did similar things with Stephanie as far as her being a face and her turning, you, you, they're McMahon's. They're going to stick together. You can't trust the McMahon. If they're against each other, it's not going to last. And it was this was one of the best words that I I, I think in in wrestling history, like right. literally nobody saw this coming. Right. And that led us to the next match, which was not a great match between Taker and, and, and uh, yeah, this and, match was, this match was really, really bad. Another take. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what Taker was going on with Taker during this time frame. Um, but matches that normally would have torn, you know, torn the house down were just not good. Um, but him and Rock looked like they didn't have any chemistry in this match. I don't know if it was because of. I, I'm to be honest, I've never enjoyed the matches they've had together. Period. Um, I, I I can't sit down and go. Hey, I remember that great match between Rock and Taker, and I've seen them wrestle several times. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, their King of the Ring 99 match wasn't great. This match wasn't great. Uh, they wrestled when he was, you know, biker taker. They, they've had several matches, and I can never sit down and go, 
oh yeah, remember that great match with I don't I don't think they had chemistry together. They didn't. And so this one wasn't great. And this one ends when Kane comes in and attacks Rock to get Taker disqualified to get Taker back so that Taker won't advance in the tournament. Um and then Taker kind of looks at Kane like Taker just pooped in his pants. Yeah, it was it was really really stupid finish. Essentially, Taker was going to choke slam the Rock. If you haven't seen this match, you don't remember it. Kane climbs in the ring. Don't again, bother going out of your way to see it, by the way. Yeah, don't bother going out of your way to see it. Again, another you know de- another non clean finish. Um, so Undertaker throws Rock into Kane. Kane picks him up, choke slams Rock. This gives the Rock the win via DQ, advancing him to the finals. Uh, Undertaker and Kane. Um, again, like Jason said, they have this ridiculously looking stare down and they proceed to fight through the crowd. Um, just, you know, a really, really, really poor match. Mm-hmm. Um, so this match was thought up by a triple threat match for the WWF Tag Team Champions um, with the D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. Now just D'Lo, Mark Henry, no longer the nation. The Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, and the champions, the New Age Outlaws. And and this match uh, it, it started something uh, that would become a running bit for the Headbangers for several months, although most people don't realize it. Um, after this match... Um, Road Dog says, uh, to the headbangers who, spoiler, get pinned, um, hey, why don't you butt bangers get you some IC belts out of the WWF catalog? And that's exactly what they actually do. Uh, they start carrying around two of the foam intercontinental belts. Yes, which was hilarious. And calling themselves the Universal Tag Team Champions. And defending those belts on TV for a period of months, but it all came from the line of, you know, hey, why don't you get your some, some IC belts out of the WWF catalog? And they, uh, and that's exactly what they did. As in Glenn, had a great sense of humor as a team. Uh, they were always a fun, I never took them as serious contenders for tag titles, but I thought they were always enjoyable to watch. Um, they held the tag titles. They did hold them. Um, I thought this was a great chance for them. I mean, you know, they're, they're on the, they're almost at the main event. I mean, I don't think they've ever been this high on the card before. Um, uh, you know, in a triple threat match against the, the outlaws who were not on as on fire as they were in, uh, in 97, but they're still hot. Um, DX is flame down a bit with Triple H gone as we as we previously mentioned um but dx is still a hot um commodity just you know without sean or hunter there the you know the fire doesn't burn as bright but uh being those still the tag titles they're still uh in a position where you know, you have to respect you know who they are and the way they've been performing uh was still uh to their to their level of expectation so then you had d'lo and mark henry who I like individually. I've never enjoyed them as a tag team. Um, but I love the fact that they also were so high up on the card. Um, 
because I definitely, you know, Steeler was really starting to come into his own at this time before he went on his nice singles run. Uh, so this match, not great, not, uh, not, not terrible either. This is just to me is a passable match. Um, you mentioned obviously that the headbangers, uh, got pinned. The, uh, Billy Gunn hit the Famouser, uh, followed up with a pile driver, which we won't see in today's WWE product, uh, to retain the championship via pin. Uh, uh, not, n- decent match. Um, Mark Henry and D'Lo, to me, just, if they had more chemistry as a tag team, I thought this match could have been a whole lot better. Um, the headbangers really, really good with, uh, tag team, uh, offense and they, they worked well together. And obviously anyone who's watched the outlaws know the outlaws had fantastic in-ring chemistry. Um, D'Lo and, and Mark Henry and Mark Henry at this time also was not the Mark Henry. Um, you know, he was not at that. Great, you you know this is before he got sent down to OVW again. Like he was not in a great place here, uh, as far as his work goes. And uh, D'Lo, D'Lo was great. You know, got his chance to to, to hit the the lowdown, um, and get his stuff in. But this uh, this is one of those matchups like, you know, this could have been a lot lower on the card. Happy that they were so high on the card, but it was like, eh, to me for the story, um, you know, you could have, uh, pushed it down a little bit. I know the, I know they wanted to break between the, um, you know, between the rounds of the tournament, but. I would have rather seen something else here to be perfectly honest with this high on the card. Um, as much as I love tag team title matches, unless the tag teams are really good, unless they got a really, really compelling story going on. I just have a hard time seeing a tag title match this high on the card. It's just, you know, especially when it's, you know, it's the headbangers. It's road dog. I mean, it's, it's Mark Henry and D'Lo. We're not talking about two upper echelon tag teams going at it here. You know, we're talking about mid Carters, uh, you know, entry match guys as far as tag team and, and mid Carters against your, your best tag team. It was just, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't in. I just, I just didn't, I didn't believe, I didn't believe that they would be able to be that high on the card. You know, I understand it makes sense why, but it's still like, eh, this match should have been, you know, in the middle of the card somewhere. Okay. And so that means it's time for our, our uh, finale. Man- yeah. Rock mankind. For the WWF Championship, um, this was extremely enjoyable of a match to me, um, and not just because I'm a I'm a fan I'm a Rock Mark. Um, I just I love the psychology of the match, um, and and this you know more of the story. Um, 
more of the McMahons being the McMahons. Um, and Vince just Vince pulling the strings and being huge, huge, monstrous dick. Uh, I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you see JT, he ran away because he's cold without his Alexa Bliss blanket. So he's going to get it. He's going to wrap up real nice and tight in it. And he's going to say, dear Alexa Bliss, please save me, miss. You're all that I need. You're all that I need. Oh, you're back. Yeah, Kirk Hill. Mm-hmm. Chug. What were you singing? I, oh, I was uh, telling everyone about your Alexa Bliss song and how you sing to your blanket. Hey, once all my shirts come in, you know how many Bliss shirts I'll have now? 25. 20. That was close. Well, I, I had 14 the other day. Yeah, it's, it's only up 11. I mean, that's, that's, that's no big deal. But I actually realized after I talked to you, I actually left out some items that I have of Alexa Bliss. Namely, we don't want to know about your Alexa Bliss draws. No, no, Alexa Bliss. No, no, I do have Alexa Bliss socks, and I do have um, the Alexa Bliss gloves. You buy little girls' gloves now? They fit me. I uh, apparently world JT has woman sized hands. These are not woman sized hands. They're they're one size fits all. That means those are woman sized hands. There's no such thing as one size fits all. Hey, I wear a medium in men's. You mean you wear a large women's? Well, my ring size is a thirteen, so. Woman-sized hands, terrible. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, my pinky's bigger than most ring size is bigger than most men's ring size. So, uh, I bet you your pinky couldn't go past my fir- your ring couldn't get past my pinky's first knuckle. Because I have man hands. Big old bap soul crushes. He crushed the soul of the rock. He crushed the soul of mankind. He even crushed the soul of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yours went and crushed the soul of Vincent Mike Jones. <laughs> I already crushed his soul. You wouldn't even crush the soul of him when he's sitting in a subway signing autographs for $5. I've already taken his soul, crushed it, sprinkled a little salt in it so it stings a little bit more. And then I dropped the hammer on it. Mike Jones, done for. Done. Who? Done. Who? Done for. Who? Mike Vincent Virgil Jones is going back to teaching. Shane. You say it's a shame? 
No, I said Shane because he was Shane for a while too. He was yes, he was Shane with the uh, West Redneck whatever racist group. Mm-hmm. They weren't racist. So were no, they weren't. No, no, no. He wasn't Shane with them. He was Curly Joe. He was, no, it was Curly Bill. Whatever. See, they weren't racist. They had a black guy with them. That's why they added him because they were racist. No. Kurt Hennig was not a racist. Barry Wyndham was not a racist. I don't know about Kendall, but... It was a racist gimmick. No, it was just because the rap gimmick was so bad. Oh, the No Limit Soldiers? Yes, I can't wait to talk about the No Limit Soldiers. (laughs) That was a terrible, terrible stable. When we do do worse stables in, in wrestling... You know, got to talk about the No Limit Soldiers. Pretty much any any stable that involved No Mask Ray Mysterio Jr. So that would be the, the Filthy Animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, No Limit Soldiers. Mm-hmm. The yeah. No Limit Soldiers were just bad because, I mean, why, why Eric Bischoff ever thought that bringing Master P in was going to be no, okay. It wasn't a bad. Oh, first of all, it wasn't a bad idea. No, it was. It no, was, no, no, no. It no, was no. horrible. It was yeah. not a bad idea. It was horrible. No, it was not horrible. The the execution was horrible. The idea was not horrible. No, no. The, the Master I, P was a worse idea than David Arquette as world champion. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Because at least they got press for David Arquette. They got press for Master P. There was a lot of black folks. Who didn't care about WCW? All of a sudden, they brought they got Master P, and they were like, "What? I'm gonna check this out." Unfortunately, the execution sucked, and they gave them a and, bunch and, of no name. Show me and show me the, the the reflection in the ratings. Show you the reflection in the ratings. Yeah, of how their ratings went up. I can tell you what people expressed when they started actually. I'm not talking about what people expressed. You said it was a good idea. So if all these black people. It was a good idea. If all these black people cared about Master P being on there, then then surely WCW's ratings went up then. I bet they did go up a bit. But when you saw what they put out there, they put out there one of the Armstrongs in some some camo. And they put out there the, this brother called the Master Swole. Um, and you had a bunch of dudes who can't even, it's one thing if you can have a hip hop team, that's fine. But then you are asking Tony Schiavone and Mike Tanay and Bobby the Brain Heenan to be able to use hip hop lingo to try to put them over. It's just dumb. You, they needed their own, they needed someone just to come on. I needed a manager to be their voice box during the matches to help carry them. The execution sucked. If they, if they would have executed it better, it would have been fine. The execution sucked. And they, by the time they realized the execution was so bad, and they tried to throw Mysterio and them in there to give them some stars that are already there, not a bunch of power plant guys, uh, it was already too bad. It was already too late. But it was a good idea to further their reach, to entrench themselves into other markets, especially in Louisiana. Um, and Master P was on top of hip hop then. You were you were potentially expanding to a, a lot to a whole other culture that so especially Southern wrestling was really not 
into it all. So it was a good idea. It was really poorly executed because whoever Bischoff had talking to him that said these, you know, the way they were going to go about it was a good idea, clearly did not have half a brain or didn't. It was because you can't expect Master P to know how to book it. He's a rapper and he was a basketball player and a rapper. That, that, that's what he knew. <clears throat> you know, and, and the music producer, he, he's, he's not a booker. So that was. Good idea, good thought, just not executed it decently in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But if they had taken some time and and let them really um, flesh out and develop a story with them and put some decent wrestlers on that, shoo. Now, especially all the money Master P had. Master P had so much cash. All, you know, the freaking label... <clears throat> You know, the freaking, the, the videos for the label had money all, all over the place all the time. All he had to do was come in there, kind of even like a black version, um, a hip hop version of a million dollar man and just throw his money around and just sign big names, you know, to be low, to be no limit soldiers. That way they could have had some more established stars instead of the massive swole and whatever Armstrong that was. I can't tell. They all look the same. Um, in their, you know, in their stable, they could have had some decent measures and they wouldn't have had them in shooting with the freaking, um, you know, West Texas rednecks, <coughs> all the stupid misfits in action and all the other crap. Uh, like I said, if it was such a good idea, just show me where the, the ratings reflected that, that, that they got anything out of it, that, that it was a good idea. Well, you know, since we didn't prep for this, um, I don't have the ratings in front of me. I, I don't got them. But it was a good idea. Just they didn't do it well. All right. But WWF Championship, Rock, Mankind. Um, I really I really enjoyed this match. I love the storytelling in this match. Um, probably one of my favorite title changes um, just because this was a match where I expected, you know, the Shmaz finish. I expected it not to be clean. Um, not every other single match beforehand. But you've got the, you know, a lot of brutality, um, rock and mankind. You know, so much, so much brutality in their matches, um, that just, Part of me had a, uh, a particular flair, you know, obviously a lot of chair shots, uh, not, not obviously nothing like the Royal Rumble, but, you know, uh, a good number of chair shots involved here. And we have the rock busting out as the first time I've ever seen him use a submission move when Rocky put Foley into the sharpshooter using the top rope as uh, leverage. And just like the year before in a championship match between Michaels and a certain grumpy person named Bret Hart, nobody submitted yet. Vince McMahon ordered the bell rung and awarded the WWF championship to the rock. Vince and Shane celebrate. Vince cuts a promo. 
Before we weren't we supposed to watch this and talk about it while we watched it? Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Whoops. That's okay. We can edit that out. All right. Well, too late now. Too late. Yeah. I can't. I can't edit anymore. I lost my powers of editing. Well, well, it, 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 well, we've been talking for two hours now, so might as well. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, it's like a half hour match. Mm-hmm. All right. What is so? Then, then, then share your thoughts on this match. Uh, you know, this was a match where I admit they got me to, um, because I did not see, um, I did not see the, the swerve coming in this one. Uh, you know, Rocket, you know, I, I, you know, you know, had, had stood up to Vince beforehand. Mankind was firmly entrenched in Vince's pocket. Uh, you know, they had made, I mean, Rock had literally just turned face. Right. And uh, so you had, uh, and, and, it, and it was such a huge thing because Rock had really just established himself. He'd only been a face for a few weeks and fans are really into him. Um, Foley is big time looking to be the corporate champion. And then all of a sudden you got, uh, this, you know, puts on the sharpshooter, turns over, raises the eyebrow at Vince. Vince calls for the bell. And uh, I remember watching it with my friend Matt and us both just being like, holy crap, what just happened? You know, and then them doing the double turn. Roxy again. Now Foley's a baby face for the first time in WWF. Yeah. Well, not first time, but um, first time. I mean, the man, first time mankind's really kind of a baby. Right. Um, and, and, um, well, I guess Cactus Mankind was a baby face against Hunter Hurst Helmsley, but no, I, I, they got. Yeah, Cactus wasn't, yeah, he wasn't face then too as Cactus, yeah. But you've got them, but you've got him as a, this, uh, sympathetic baby face and, and everything's turned around. You went from taking rock from being the number two most popular guy to now he's the most hated guy. You got mankind from being maybe the number two most hated guy behind say undertaker to being now the number two most popular guy. And just that whole thing turned wrestling around. Yeah. You know, because then you went from having it all be about Austin to being where Rock and Foley trade the title for months. Yep. And it everything just changed and it was like like nobody saw that coming. Like nobody saw Mick Foley in the next few months being WWF champion. Like, I don't think if you sat down with anybody in October and was like, oh, where do you see the WF title going the next few months? And anybody going, oh, Mick Foley's going to be champion. Yeah, no one saw that. Yeah. But by the time WrestleMania comes around, Foley's a two-time champion. Right. So, like, that was, uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people saw uh, where all that was going and, uh 
you know, so that, you know, I remember being shocked. I, you know, I remember, you know, recording this on pay-per-view and having this tape and watching it over and over again. And while the matches weren't great analytically, the event as a whole, to me, was entertaining. You know, oh, like yeah. if I just sat down and watched one of these matches, I'd just be like, oh, man, this is crap, you know. Yeah, one match by itself isn't great, but the entire card told a really great story. And right. you mentioned the swerve. Like, they swerved. They had us in circles as many times as they swerved us. It's the swerve, bro. They really did. And even as, um, you know, I would say three minutes into the three, – yeah, three minutes into the match, you know, <clears throat> you know, Hepner is uh, – you know, I think he's checking on – I think he was checking on – Rock with mankind, mankind having something like a headlock or something, you know, and Vince and Shane stroll out, you know, the fans are booing, you know, you know, this, there's, there's, you know, there's intense heat on the McMahons, um, you know, cause it looks like, you know, cause it looks like they're there to, you know, again, ensure that they're going to screw Rock or, you know, and screw, you know, screw over the baby and, um, you know, to duplicate and the balls it takes for Vince McMahon to duplicate the finish, the same finish from last year with the sharpshooter, you know, same pay-per-view a year later, you know, like that, that just takes balls to do that. You know, when, when Matt is still one of the most talked about and debated um, and heated conversations you, you have in wrestling, you know, 20 something years later, um, 21 years later now that that's still talked about so much on how controversial that moment is to, to duplicate it a year later. Uh, it was just a gutsy, gutsy call. Yeah. Well, especially when the fans are expecting, uh, the screw job against the rock and they do the screw job against Foley. Yeah. You know, and, you know, what's funny is, is like when they call for the bell and Rock wins, at first the fans pop and then they're like, wait a minute. Because, they, because the guy they wanted to see win one. So first right. they one pops. So like, yeah, I mean, I popped. I was like, yes. And I'm like, huh. Like, I was still happy because the guy I wanted to win, win one. Right. But, um, I, I was not seeing the heel turn. Um, I was happy, you know, once everything, you know, all those words I've been, been taken to kind of settled with me because I prefer heel rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, heel rock is best rock. Uh, and his 98 was just phenomenal. Like, you know, Macho 89, Rock 98 is some just great, great runs. Uh, I, I thought well, 98 was fantastic. To, to me, it's like this. It's like, um, You've got, uh, like, and to me, the crowd too showed the way wrestling had changed because you have, like, the smart fans who are mm-hmm. still cheering for The Rock because they're going, hey, it's our guy. He won whether he's a heel or not. You know, we like him because he's cool. You know, right. and, and, and that was the way the fans were. And, and wrestling fans were smartening up and, in 98 and they're going, we're just liking him because he's cool, whatever, you know, 
then you got the the fans who are more traditional fans going, no, no, he won, but wait, he he cheated. No, no, that's not right. Boo, boo, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see that kind of dynamic within the crowd, you know. Yeah. Uh, because especially St. Louis is more of a traditional wrestling city. It's not Philadelphia. It's not New York. Right. Where, you know, where they're known to be more cynical crowds, you right. know. So, um, you know, uh, so I think that, uh, it, it was, you know, definitely, uh, you know, I just remember being shocked that night and, you know, as it's generally hard to shock me in wrestling or in a movie or anything like that. So I always appreciate that, you know, when I'm shocked, you know, when something shocks me, like that got me, um, you know, if you ever seen the movie Primal Fear, the end of that yes. movie shocked me. Right. Know? Like, this reminded me of that, you know, and it was like, okay, those are things I appreciate. When someone shocks me, okay, he got me. I respect that. Yeah, they definitely got us. And, you know, they, uh, you know, there was a lot of really enjoyable spots in this match. Um, you know, they took their time. They, you know, and, and Foley and Rock just had, you know, great chemistry in ring. Um, you know, Rocky started, you know, Rock, like I mentioned earlier, the savagery, uh, <clears throat> with the chair shots and, you know, Foley being a champion is taking, taking that pounding. Uh, you know, the man's looking like, like they're up to no good as, as they watch, you know, at, at ringside. Just, um, you know, just an amazing job of storytelling that they did uh, in in this match. And then, like you said, you know, they got us. You know, they they, they got everybody. And it's been a long time um, in wrestling. Period. Like as much as we complain about the current product of WWE, uh, you know, Ring of Honor hasn't gotten me in a long time. You know, Impact. Um, you know, re, you know, New Japan. Like these these promotions aren't, they're not swerving fans the way they used to. So it's been a long time since I've said, Hey, they got me. This was one of those really classic, Hey, they got me. And I'm glad they did like, because it was a, you know, a fantastic, some fantastic moments uh, on the, I gotcha side, you know, with, with Shane turning on Austin and, you know, and obviously screw job part two here, uh, you know, with rock Catching, uh, getting his title over, over Foley for his first championship, and they certainly did a um, good job of rubbing a lot of things in people's faces. Oh yeah, I I concur. They did an excellent job in that, but and that's just. <laughs> it's just you know, it's Vince being Vince. You know, it's like, yeah, I I, I gotta love it because you know I'm a big mark for Vince, and you know he it only 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 he would have the balls to you know to to do that. It's like you know I can't name another promoter that was that would purposely you know recreate something that you know fans. Half your right fans roughly said they hated and they detested and made them sick. 
All right, I'm going to do it again next year. Let's see how they like it now. And he's brought it back up again and again and again and again. Yeah, yeah, and, and he'll—he'll. He'll, I'm sure he'll do it again. Um, it'll, it'll probably happen this year. We'll, we'll probably be thinking AJ's getting over, and um, you know, or or maybe Brock looks like he's winning. All of a sudden, AJ throws a cap crusher, and they bring the bell, and he didn't tap, and everyone's like, "What?" You know, and then Vince is like, "I gotcha." <laughs> I would, I would, that would actually that would actually make me want to go buy the network. Then I'm like, all right, Vince, you got my ten dollars. Here you go. If 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 I if I was Vince, you know what the ultimate screw job would be? Hmm. I have my own thoughts, but uh, you've piqued my curiosity. Roman comes back from leukemia. About to win the WWE title. And Vince screws him? And Vince screws him. That would be the ultimate screw job. That would be just the ultimate like that, that would because- Survivor Series. That would be the ultimate like Vince McMahon middle finger to the fans that would be because now he was this leukemia thing like you're not allowed to boo roman anymore like right. when he comes back you're like no one you're you can't boo the man now like he's this he's he's officially over as a face now because right. he's coming back from cancer by uh, the way uh jimmy St- famous seafood and uh Baltimore is doing a fundraiser for leukemia research in January. Uh, I'm thinking we need to do a road trip. Hey, I'm always down for some for, for, for some crab cakes. So. Oh, sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm with it. Uh, so yeah, so that that you you're right. That would be. I haven't know, had good crab cakes in a while, and I have no idea where to get good crab cakes around here. That's because there are none. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. So. So Baltimore it is. Yeah. Baltimore it is. Um yeah, that would that's 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 great. That would be wow. If Vince was still an on screen character on the regular, that would be phenomenal television. Phenomenal. Um the problem I can't see the thing is like if Stephanie did it, it wouldn't be the same. It'd be close because she's a McMahon. She's so much like her father, but it wouldn't be the same if you had Hunter do it now because he's kind of a baby face now. Well, yeah, because him, him and Sean back together when he's, you know, he got hurt. He, he coming back from injury wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie would have to do it if, if not Vince. Um, but I, it will be. Or, or, or heal Shane. Yeah, but Shane's on SmackDown. If Roman, when Roman comes back, he's coming back to Raw. He's going to be in the flagship. Shane, Shane could be on Raw. I don't see Shane leaving the blue, the blue team. Or, or it could be an interpromotional event. But what would Shane's motivation be like? Because I, I don't see now. Okay, I could see if they were talking about like. Uh, a champion versus champion match or at Survivor Series. Yeah, but see, that type of swerve has got to be a WrestleMania. That's a WrestleMania swerve. 
But you, but you no, you got to do the screw job at Survivor Series. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some so Roman came back with Universal Champion. He's facing AJ because they're not going to take the belt off AJ anytime soon. Um, AJ puts him in the calf AJ pressure. Puts him in the calf Roman's, Roman's right near the ropes. He's about to make the ropes, and before he makes the ropes, Shane has him ring the bell. Yeah, because you'll be, yeah. Thing is, like, the thing is, it's tough though because the SmackDown fans would cheer it. Um, and the, you know, the Raw fans would be, would be pissed. Like, you have to find a way to piss everybody off with it. Well, you'd have to have a SmackDown heel do it. A SmackDown heel do. Be the one to put Roman in a submission move. Like either AJ would have to be a heel at the AJ time, would have to be heel, <laughs> or you would have to have someone on SmackDown who is a heel do it, like uh, Samoa Joe. Yeah, I would or or somebody like that. I would like to see AJ keep the title, but but turn heel. I would I would definitely like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's definitely ways to go about doing that. That would be, that would be good. That would be enjoyable. Um, and then it would, then it would definitely make sense. See, um, if we go to Jimmy's famous seafood in January, we can do, we can record the podcast on the road. Uh, yeah. We can do a special bonus trip on the road. I, I have enough mics for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know about power stores, but yeah, we could we could make that happen somehow. Okay. Well, um as we're thinking about the future, um uh, so the aftermath of this, of course, is the rock turning heel, um, celebrating with Vince McMahon. Um, and this is your official creation of what becomes known as the corporation stable, with Rock as your corporate champion, boss man, shamrock. Obviously, Foley no longer in this. Vince and Shane McMahon, uh, obviously, as the brains of the corporation. You also have Commissioner Michaels. Don't uh, forget. I'm, how could I forget, Sean? Are you kidding me? Um, and, but yes, as he, as uh, JT said, Vince McMahon would introduce a new commissioner in Shawn Michaels, um, who was just fantastic as the a foil between the future battles between the corporation and Degeneration X. Um, and then there was a brief, following a brief, you know, return to DX after Vince fired Sean um, and some, you know, future hijinks, of course, which Sean responded by super kicking Vince. I caught him pretty flush too um, in the middle of the ring. And again, teasing all HBK fans like, oh, maybe Sean's going to come back and be in the ring. But no, it would be two more years before that happened. More than that. Three year, three more years before that happened. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And we would not. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. The, the yeah, Sean turned face pretty soon after that. I think my favorite memory from from that whole thing, though, was Rock's impersonation of all the WCW 
guys. Yes, yes. The Rock cuts is one of the, and uh, subsequent Raw Rock cuts probably maybe his best promo on Raw where he's he got he got Bret Hart, Macho Man. I think he got Hogan, Flair. He just goes into to every. As he's about to do his catch line, he starts going everybody else's catchphrase. Yeah. Oh yeah! They, oh no, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's so not what it. you gonna do, brother? So what you gonna do, brother? Oh no, that's not it either. Ah! Oh yeah! The dig best it. there oh. is. The best, the best there was. Then the best. Oh, no, that sure isn't it. it. That sure isn't it. Ah, this is it. If you smell, just a uh, great promo. Sean, Sean staying next to him, trying not to pop, yeah. um, as, as Rock's going through all that, which is surprising though, in the heat between the two of them. Um, and, and, and surprising took the shot at Brett, given the alleged heat between him and, and allegedly that he was a big Brett fan. So, yeah, that was, that's, that was an interesting thing for another time, but yeah, there was interesting heat between those. So the, oh, we know the heat between Sean and Brett, but the Rock's heat between those two, Different, and of course, we never got to see um, your Rock and Michaels, which a lot of people wish we could have. Mm-hmm. So, why that, don't we talk about some things we can put up on the poll for our next bonus episode? Well, if you enjoyed this format, and next time we do it, because this was honestly a spur of the moment thing, um, we will definitely be more prepared. And I will promise I won't scroll down too fast anymore. And uh, as I go through the card. So if you enjoy this, we've got, uh, we will cover either a show or pay-per-view, uh, or we can do a character breakdown. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy uh, this impromptu episode of Breaking Ring Rust. It's first ever bonus episode on Survivor Series 1998. Let us know what you thought. Uh, follow us on the socials at Geek Nation, uh, on Facebook, on the Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, um, CastBox and Stitcher and any other place that you may want to listen to podcasts. If we're not on there, let us know and I'll be make sure, do what I can to make sure that we are on those platforms. Um, but for the cast of Breaking Wing Rust, uh, goodbye, good night, and bang! Go to bed, Georgie. <laughs>